Good morning. Okay, so we are on 22B. And uh, we have kind of an, an interesting question. Um, and that is if a person has a forbidden relationship by mistake. And we talked about dark in the inn and they get the wrong woman. Um, and uh, how many offerings do they have to bring? So they did one action, uh, and it turned out it was their, uh, their daughter, uh, but it also was their wife's daughter. And those are two separate, two separate problems. In other words, if a person's wife has a daughter, one's not allowed to have relations with her. And if a person has their own daughter that they're related to as well, they're not allowed to have relations with her. And then they turned around and had relations with somebody who was both his daughter and his wife's daughter, which is doubly forbidden to him. Even had it not been his daughter, he would have been forbidden because a person isn't allowed to have relations with a woman and her daughter. So uh, the, even if it's not related to him and he's not allowed to have relations with his daughter, even if um, she's not the daughter of his wife. Uh, but so he did a double whammy. And the question it was yesterday, which we had was, does the Torah mean to give him a double, uh, does he have to bring two sets of offering or one? And it turned out it really had to do with how to, uh, the psukim. Getting back to the psukim, if there was an emphasis on the charge is going to be on, uh, on what it's going to be on. Uh, there we were dealing with the question of uh, a sister. Um, okay, so um, we are at the bottom of, uh, it's like, let's start from... Start from, let's see, um, Rav Yossi, uh, Rav Yossi Ber Yehuda, Hai Bas Eshes Avicha, my Ovidle. The question is, and again, getting into the Psukim, uh, what does each one do with each other's Pasuk? So like Rav Yossi, the son of Rav Yehuda, Hai Bas Eshes Avicha, what the verse about the father's wife, the daughter of his father's wife, that's what makes it forbidden. And according to him, he doesn't get a second charge uh, for that one. So why does the Torah emphasize that he had relations with his wife's daughter? Abbas Eshe Savicha. We're not going to charge him with that anyways. We're going to charge him with having relation with his daughter. Why is the Torah emphasizing that? So the answer is it teaches us something else. Mi boy le mi that a person is only forbidden specifically to a, um, uh, to a child that came through a wife who he has uh, marriage through. Prat lachoso, uh, whereas if he had relations to, with a sister that came, meshifka, uh, from a maidservant or a non-Jewish person, that it's impossible to be married through there, in other words, let's say his father had a daughter through a non-Jewish woman, and then he went and had relations with her. That's not his sister, even though it's uh, you know the blood relation. You know, through the blood, it's his sister. But the the Torah only makes him liable through a relationship that came through someone who you're able to have marriage through. So that's what we learned that word from that word. The emphasis on uh, your father's wife that it's only someone who could be a wife that we're going to throw the book at you for. Um, now, it's a non-Jewish woman, but it's not, it's not um, somebody, it's not considered his sister. 
I the Ema Prat. So where the 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 Torah is emphasizing uh, a sin that came about through someone who you could have marriage with. That's the word Ishus. So the Morris says the Ema Prat Manusa. Well, maybe it's talking about the the sister out of wedlock, and we actually had that case several times. This discussion, when maybe the Torah only forbids a sister that's born through a wife, but not a sister that's born through another woman who's a, a Anusa, somebody who was uh, uh, forced into a relationship. So, um, you know, that you can't say, Midarava, like Rava said three lines. Do not uncover the nakedness of the son of your son or the son of your daughter. But what about if it's not your, not through your wife, but it's your son or daughter through your girlfriend, through your non-wife. So I would have thought that's okay. But then the Torah says, Clearly, you're not allowed to have relations with this girl. Uh, it's coming to tell you that uh, um, the, uh, uh, it's only through marriage and it's not through... Um, it's not uh, uh, through a woman, uh, I'm sorry, that it's coming to forbid both. It's through a daughter through marriage and a daughter not through marriage. That's uh, uh, the Torah is forbidding the daughter, whether she came through the marriage circle or she was through, um, through another woman, that daughter would be forbidden. Okay. So we have, an, um, again, we're talking about forbidden relations with relatives and uh, whether they have to be relatives through a formal marriage, or if they was a child born even without a formal marriage, that would also be forbidden. So what they do is they actually bring a separate pasuk here to show that. But is the implication that there is actually the concept of ishos by an anusa? Uh, no, but there's a concept of relation by a uh, relative by anusa. The child that's born is your daughter, even though... Um, ah, so that's that's coming up, right? In other words, uh, normally when a person, uh, the question is, a person has a child, that's their daughter because they raise the child to to be someone who they take responsibility for, and they have a wife, and and together they're going to raise the child. But when a person has a child out of wedlock, that's not. Uh, you might have thought that that's not. Uh, he's not liable for that. That wasn't. He didn't intentionally have a child that he took responsibility for. So maybe if he were later to have a relationship with him, that's not considered his sister or his daughter. And there are people that have these children and they never... Right. Uh, yeah, they no, never... They, they, that's they, right. They, they never take responsibility for. Um, uh, so uh, the question here is whether the Torah recognizes the, uh, them being equally forbidden as one's child even though one never had a marriage relationship with the mother. Uh, one just had a, uh, you know, in fact, the person forced the mother or, or coerced her. Let's see, Rashi. Uh, even the nakedness of your granddaughter from your coerced woman, and you could say, well, I never married her. She's not my official daughter. Lo Sigali, you can't reveal. Ha bas um, but uh, but if she has a child who's not from you, uh, in other words, if the girlfriend had a granddaughter, in other words, if a wife has 
if a person's former wife has a child, a daughter or a granddaughter, so that's forbidden to her husband. But if a person's, uh, if a woman who a person coerced, we'll call her the girlfriend, and she happened to have another child, then that wouldn't be forbidden to him. Because she's not a Delavishtaka, she's not his wife. Umihu, Beno Mina Onsin Benohu. But the the child that came out of that relationship that he didn't intend to have the child, <laughs> it's still his so child. It's more yeah. the status of the child than the status of the partner. Of the partner, Kane Bito and the daughter. A daughter is a daughter, a son is a son, regardless if he had it in the formal family context. And therefore, now this is the important part, this is how we got onto the subject, uh, if a person has a brother that was born through such a relationship, he's not my brother, he didn't grow up in the household, he didn't have the same family name, they just found out that the father fathered a, a child somewhere else in the world, but guess what? They're going to need even from that brother, because he is a brother, he's physically came from the same... Uh, uh, whether the father paid the bills or not, he uh, he's considered a brother. Okay, that's yeah, that subject. He doesn't even know he has a brother. He's going to have to do even more. Correct. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, that's. Uh, um, this is the Gemara's version. If he ain't heavy, he's yeah. my brother. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, in a Jewish society, it's uh, e- people make mistakes and they think that they're going to cause trouble by revealing them, but the uh, person has to know who their relatives are. They have to for these kind of. Uh, so the more has the question of Ema Prat as we turn to today's page, um, maybe it's coming to tell you that uh, if a person had a child from a marriage they weren't supposed to, that's excluded. Rashi Prat Mamzeris. Let's say if his father married Mamzeholinbed, Lava Chosehi. Maybe that's not his sister, because he's not supposed to be married to the woman who's the Mamzeris. The Ema the Lotosi and. Uh, uh, maybe there shouldn't be a marriage. So uh, the Gemara says, no, that's not true. Even though the father's not supposed to be married to him, there is some Republic, that is his wife. If that is his wife, so of course that is his child. Uh, he told her didn't want to be married to her. That, at the end of the day, that is his wife. Dixie, where do you know that a person, even if the Torah said, thou shalt not take such a woman, he's still considered married to her? Because uh, it says like this, if a person has two wives, well, the one that he likes and the one that he doesn't like. So the question is, uh, we're not talking about who he likes, we're talking about who God likes. Would, would there be a difference in Hashem? Hashem loves everybody. It means some people have a marriage that is liked. Uh, any marriage which is uh, Kadash Moshe of Israel, which is uh, legitimate, that Hashem likes that marriage. And what does it mean? Hated, Sinua Bezez, somebody he's not supposed to be married to. In my very first uh, shul that I had, um, we only had one person who could lane. And the problem was uh, he was a Kohen and he was married to a convert. Kohanim aren't supposed to marry converts. Uh, so he was in, but he was married to her. He was, in other words, he had, he was married to someone who the Torah said not to be married to. So the question was, how do you have somebody like that laid from the Torah when they're not keeping the Torah? Uh-huh. With the, uh, but he didn't. He laid very well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. So at that time, since we didn't have other good options, 
we got a heter to use it, but not for the parsha in the Torah where it said, "Thou shalt not marry." Uh, uh, you know, that would be. Uh, that, uh, no, we didn't call him up for Cohen either. Yeah, but uh, so, but that's the question. There are certain people that the Torah doesn't want someone to be married to, but if they marry them, it is a marriage. So therefore, if they have kids, those kids are kids. The The Torah says there's havaya. Fine. The aim of prat Well, maybe it's coming to exclude if somebody's married to a woman who he can't marry, uh, a woman who he'd be cut off from marrying. This is an interesting pasuk. It says the nakedness of one sister, a sister, a half sister from the father, a half sister from the mother. One that's born in the house or one that's out of the house. What does that mean, out of the house? Whether the parents are allowed to stay married, or we tell the father, you can't stay married to that woman. And either way, it's called your sister. Uh, so even a sister from a chaybe krisis is called the sister. So uh, maybe... Uh, Maybe that should be excluded from being called. Again, the, the real issue here is that in the psukim themselves, we see that in most cases, a sister is going to be a sister, except a sister from a shifka or a non-Jew. So how do we know to exclude in some cases and include in some and in others? In other words, not every sister is forbidden to have relations with as a sister. So how do we know... Uh, to exclude what we excluded and to include what we included. So basically we're saying that if a person, uh, two parents, if the father marries a woman who he's not allowed to marry, like a mamzer, or in my case that we had where the Kohen was married to the convert, and they have a daughter, so even though they weren't supposed to have that daughter, that son is going to be forbidden to have relations with her because she's a sister, even though she was a sister that came about through a forbidden marriage. Now, what about if the father has relations with uh, a woman he's not allowed to and he has a daughter? Let's say he commits adultery and he has a daughter. So that's a chorus. He's going to be cut off for having a daughter with someone else's wife. But that's still his sister. So he's going to be forbidden from the Chivet chorus. Uh, but if the father had relations with a non-Jewish woman that, and he has relations with a sister, we're saying that's excluded. So that's what we're getting to is how do we know what's excluded from being a sister. But there's actually two separate things going on in Gemara to follow up my other question, which is in, in certain cases it's excluded because um, uh, because it's it's your offspring. It is your offspring whether or not you know the marriage is a marriage. In other cases it's excluded because you're married even though it's an illegitimate marriage. So what so part some of it reflects on the status of your partner and some of it reflects on the status of your offspring. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, it's not the same thing. So I, I, what we're going to see is that really, and this, this is a shocker to people, but a child through a non-Jewish woman is not your child. Not your child, right. So, so, <laughs> because you're neither married nor is it your offspring. I like the way Dr. Yaffe's putting I don't know if you could hear it, but he's saying that there's two factors. There's a child through a marriage, and then there's a child that at least is considered your child. Um, and so if, if, either, if you have either of those two, even if he sinned and had this child, she's still considered uh, the child of that man, and then all the forbidden relations will apply. So, whether the Torah tells you 
you got to get rid of the woman, the Torah still calls her your sister. The rabbis, so um, now the Gemara has a question. So we are including the offspring of um, your wife, and we're including the offspring that that belong to you, even though you're not supposed, you weren't supposed to marry this woman. You had person had offspring from, like we said, an adultery. That's still considered his daughter. And that, that would still be considered the sister of his legitimate son. So the Morris says, well, if we're saying that basically anybody he has a child with is considered his, his uh, offspring, so maybe there shouldn't be a difference. Whether we tell the father he can stay in the or tell him he's got to get out of the marriage. The Torah is meaning to tell you that your sister is your sister. If it's uh, physically your sister, it's forbidden. Um, and it would include maybe it should once we're saying that it doesn't have to be that you were illegally allowed to have this child through the mother so why don't we include a non-Jewish mother if we include the child of a mamzeris and we include the child of an adultery it's still your, and it's still your child and it's still going to be your legitimate son's sister and he's forbidden to her so then why don't we include a non-Jewish woman too so the Morris says, because of the Pasuk, Amakrabas Eshes Avicha. It's got to be the child of the wife, Mishi Eshes Lavicha. It's only a, a, a child born through a woman who it's possible to be married to, even though he can't be married to her. In the, but Pratla Achosa Mishivcha Vavadis That we exclude the daughter of a maidservant. Now, by the way, a maidservant is half Jewish, and also excluding the child of a pagan. So, basically, uh, we're talking about a person can have a child through his wife, and he can have his uh, child through a forbidden wife, and he can have a child through somebody who he's just forbidden to have relations with. But in all those cases, we're calling her a child. But we said if he had a child through a shifka or through a non-Jewish woman, they are not called his child. And therefore, none of the forbidden, uh, if a person uh, eventually married a woman who his father fathered through a maidservant, uh, the Ben Franklin story or whatever, they were not going to throw the book at him. So the Morris said, Umay Royce. So uh, what's the logic there? I mean, if you're, if you're talking about DNA, the daughter through the maidservant's his daughter and his sister. Why, why do we exclude? And you can't say that it's because he can't marry her. We said also, even a Jewish woman who he can't marry, it's called his daughter. So the Mar said, uh, Even though he can't marry the woman, she could be married. Somebody else could marry her. Uh, so therefore, a child through a chayve krisis is, is called his physical child. Whereas uh, a non-Jewish woman can't marry anybody, uh, any Jewish person. The Mar said, Adarabah. Uh, I don't, the Gemara is not buying it, okay, which is good. The Gemara is always going to give you a hard time. Again, so, we're, we're, again, we're including children born out of wedlock and children born from forbidden women. Why don't we include the children born from the uh, non-Jewish woman and the maidservant? So we said, well, you can't marry such women. So the Gemara said, Ad Rabbah, Shifka is Kavim Havei The Gemara said, what do you mean? To E. Megayer, if they convert... They make a beautiful wife. There's no problem. They could, if they convert, then you could marry their, their, then you could. Nami toast to make a dushin. So the more said, as Dr. Yafi noted, the Kimagayer Gufachrinahu. That's a different person. That's not the same person. The person who they are now uh, can't marry. They can, if they convert, they become a new person. Is 
very interesting. It's the unifying factor yeah. between your wife's status or your, or your child's status. It's your father. It comes from the father. Uh, oh, here, here it's the grandfather. Mm-hmm. It's like we were talking about on Purim. Um, the, the, the father is, is the mover and the shaker in the family. Right, okay. Yeah, he fathers the child. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, if it's from a person who nobody can marry, that's not good. I've rabban. That's a good point. So, uh, but according to the Rabbanan, and they agree that a child born from a maidservant, a non-Jewish woman, is not considered his child. So how do they know that, though? That It says over there, who do the kids belong to? What do you mean? Who? He fathered them. No, they don't belong to you. You didn't father them. They belong to their master. I, uh, what does he do with that Pasuk? He needs a Pasuk. One for a maidservant and one for a non-Jewish woman. Both of them are, ain't his kids. Why do you need two verses? If you had a shifka, I would have said, um, A shifka has no relatives. People in the servant class, they didn't have marriage and they didn't have kids. They weren't, the children weren't identified as the kids of that servant. They were bought and sold, but there was no family lineage. They were just servants. They were part of the servant class. That was the way they were looked at. But uh, pagans, uh, they have children. You know, they, they have non-Jews have families. So, uh, so if a person has a child through a non-Jew, that's still his daughter. Maybe that's because they have no connection to mitzvahs. So they, they, therefore, they don't have the same family connections. Abu Shifka, the Sheikh of the Mitzvah, the Shifka is obligated in uh, keeping Shabbos. So, Malo, so therefore, Srifa. So, fine. So, again, we're just giving in the background why the daughter born from the Shifka or from the non Jewish, the pagan, is not considered his daughter for these marital laws. Um, I wonder if, there, if this would be one of the Shniyas. Let's say a person has a daughter through a non-Jewish woman, and then that daughter were to convert. Are we saying, technically, we're saying that he could marry her. That's not considered his daughter. So I wonder if uh, that would be included in what we said before. We don't want people to convert and say, oh, if I become a Jew, I can marry my daughter. You know, I can marry a... Yeah, that's <laughs> a, yeah I guess yeah. I think it would be on that list, but okay. But, but those were rabbinic things. I, what did Rabbanan, uh, what are they going to say? How do you know both? So um, if you learn out the non-Jewish one from the maidservant, you need both. Um, so uh, where are they going to know the source that, b- that both cases, the daughter is not a daughter? So A child born of a Jewish mother is called your son. If you have a child from a non-Jewish woman, that is not called your child, that's her child. So what's interesting is we've always thought of it as, well, the child isn't going to follow the Jewish faith. He's not going to, uh, he's, the mother's not Jewish. We're saying that it's physically not your child. That uh, that's, it's even a stronger, it's not, it's not looked at like it's your child. Uh, you see from here, that's, Ben uh, Bincha that the your granddaughter uh, that comes from a pagan is called her daughter, not yours. Do we say 
that if they have a, a child to a Jewish mother, the Vlad's kosher, they eat a mamzerlo. So, because we're saying that it's only a child from a non-Jew that's not a child, but the child to a Jewish mother is always Jewish. So does that mean the child's kosher? So the Gemara said, well, we agree the child's not a mamzer, lo havi kosher. But lo havi. But nihida mamzer lo havi, kosher nami lo havi. Yisrael pasul mikri. It's called a, a child born with a non-Jewish father is called the Yisrael pasul. Uh, whatever that status uh, uh, would be. But he's not called a mamzer, he's just called, uh, uh, I don't know, Yisrael pasul, like a half-Jew. Okay. As we continue on, four lines from the bottom. So we worked it all out, basically. Again, the, these nuances of uh, children born out of wedlock and from various relationships, uh, that uh, the bottom line is the ones that are born through non-Jewish women are not considered yours. <coughs> so the Morris says only one problem, habeshiva um, that's Isn't that talking about like the worst non-Jewish people, the pagans? If you have a child through a pagan, so the child's going to be a pagan. And it has nothing to do with you. It's a pagan culture. But what if it's born through a more civilized goyim? There are more civilized non-Jews. Maybe then your child will be your child. So the more, and the pagans were so bad that we were commanded to wipe them out. Maybe that's specifically there. It's not called your child. The person would have, uh, if they were born from the seven nations, the person would have to wipe out his own child. Right? He, has, he has a mitzvah to destroy uh, the, the seven nations, and uh, that includes even if he, in his indiscretion, had gone to one of the temple parties and had relations with a non-Jewish, uh, uh, one of those seven nations, and had a child, he'd have a mitzvah to wipe them out. So the, so if, but specifically, those seven were unbelievably bad and unusual. But maybe, like I said, a respectable non-Jew, if you had a child with, maybe it's your child. So the Morris says, Kiyasa the rabbis call him a There's an extra pusik there. They'll turn you away, basically includes all non-Jews. That's if you understand that word pusik, that because she'll turn you away, <coughs> that, that she'll, the child will be raised in the religion of the mother. They don't, the word kiyasa is a reason. How do you know the darshan, the reason that it affects the halachic status? The Pusik says, it's not your child because it says you, that she will turn the child away. So that's, that's, a time, that's a reason. And we're saying, well, really, if a child's raised in another religion, they'll be turned away from Judaism. So how do you know that, but not everybody agrees that you, sometimes the Torah gives a reason separate from the halacha. The, the Rabbanah don't darshan reasons. So how do they know? The answer, man told the Pogdi Rabbi Yossi Yehuda. Actually, who is the one who argues over there? It is Rif Shimon. Okay, we are finished with this piece of Gemara and this uh, discussion. And again, it was about a child born from a pagan relationship or a, or a maidservant. In those cases, the, the Isra Ervas don't carry over. The child's not considered years. Uh, we said, though, that a child out of wedlock or a child born through a forbidden relationship is considered years. And all the, all the halachas would then apply. Okay, new Mishnah, as we move on. Uh, into some interesting cases. Misha Kiddush Achash Mishtei Achios. A person gets engaged. Now, uh, the, the people in those days didn't always know the one they were getting married to so well. Uh, often they had no idea who they were getting married to. Um, today we think we do know, but we, we don't really know, even though we met them a few times. That's the, but uh, then it was relatively common. 
uh, to the point where the Gemara said, at least you should look at her first. You know, that if you should at least have made sure that you uh, aren't, uh, she, you know, that you, don't, you can, um, just the look of her face doesn't put you away. But other than that, uh, people got married and sometimes they didn't know. They usually knew the family. So what happens if a person got engaged to someone that had two daughters and the two daughters looked very much alike? But you don't remember which one. You don't know which one. The older one, the younger one. You know, you you were drinking a lot, and they were trying to convince you, and you said okay, and you know, you don't. Now the question is why the daughter doesn't remember, but uh, maybe she was too nervous to know, or or you uh, the both daughters were there, and you gave the sheva pruta, and uh, and uh, maybe you gave out gifts also. But which daughter did you marry? You don't know. Now, you might say, well, go ahead now and marry both. That's not a solution because you can't be married to two sisters. So this is a very, pro- you know, this case is, uh, creates lots of problems. When a person has engaged to one of two sisters and he doesn't know which one. Yeah, apparently, Yaakov Avinu didn't, didn't learn this mission. <laughs> <laughs> well, he yeah. said the older one, the, uh, <laughs> let's see, Rashi. You have no idea which one he proposed to. Now we can't marry either one. Now one of them is his real wife, his fiancée, and the other one is his wife's sister, who he's not allowed to marry. So since he might potentially be have the wrong sister, so now he's in real trouble. So what should he do? He's got to divorce both of them. Because even if he divorces one, he's not allowed to marry the sister of his divorcee. So just in case, he's got to give a double get. Okay, so that's case number one. Straightforward. This is not past the Erosin situation, right? They had the Erosin, then there was the year period, and then there was the Nesuin. Even if there was just the the Erosin. No, he never had Nesuin. He he never physically married her. Uh, I think it it would be true in both cases. Uh, Basically, uh, Erosin is marriage. So if he had Arison, he's still forbidden to have Arison with the sister. I, I, my answer to you is I don't know that it would make a difference. That's what I'm saying, whether he had Arison or whether he had full, uh, full marriage. Um, okay. So uh, it's, it's a good thing the Yaakov Avinu didn't learn this mission, otherwise nobody in this room would be here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, right. So uh, Mace, uh, let's say um, he died. In other words, before he had a chance to give both these women divorces. So now uh, he died, and he's got one brother. So we tell the brother, uh, your brother, uh, you know, so we tell them that your brother had a wife and he died without children. Uh, so you need to give Yibamor Chalitza. And he says, well, really, the only problem is we don't know which sister was his wife. So which sister is going to get Yibamor Chalitza? So what do you do? In other words, there's a very important mitzvah to marry his deceased brother's wife, but we don't know which sister uh, is the real wife, so what he should do is chalitz l'shneim. He has to give them both chalitza. He can't do yibam to one because maybe the other one is the real wife, and, uh, and if he di- does yibam to one, then the... Uh, um, so either way, that's... So, so far, so good. And the Mishnah starts off simple, and then you get slammed where you've got to really stretch your mind a little bit. So, again, the first two cases, he's engaged to one of two sisters, not knowing which one, and you can't marry both, so divorce both. And then if he died, uh, you can't do Yibam to both, so to give Chalitza to both.
To either, that's right. Okay. Hayulo Shnayim. Now, what if he has two brothers? Now, here it gets a little better. Why? Because there's one brother can't marry two sisters, but two brothers can marry two sisters. One each. One each, right. Uh, so that would be okay. So, Echad Cholitz, one of them needs to give Chalitza in case she's the one who was really married to the brother. And then the other brother, if he wants, he could do Yibam. It is a Suffolk Yibam, by the way, but uh, if he wants, he could do Yibam. That's what we want to say. Uh, let's see Rashi. Hayolo Shnayim Echercholitz. Rashi is about eight lines down. Tchila, La'achas. First thing is, one of the two women needs to get Chalitza. Vahasheni and the second one, im If they want, he could. If the one that is going to get Yibum is the Yavama, so great. If she's the one who is really married to him, so then she's the one who's really going to marry the brother. And what happens if it turns out she's the sister of the one that uh, uh, of the real of the real wife? It's not going to be a problem of the sister of a zakuka, the chalitza afke lezika, because chalitza took care of the zika. So now we'll go back into something we mentioned earlier, the called zika, um, and that is when a person, um, a person's brother passes away, and leaves without children. So that deceased widow is considered half married to the brother, and that half marriage is called zakuka, which means that she is looking to that brother to marry her, or divorce her, and marry her or chalitza her, and so she's zakuka to him. Now the problem is, if there's two brothers married to two sisters, and they both both brothers died at the same time, assuming that's possible, so then he'd have zakuka to two sisters. And you can't have you can't have two sisters. But in this case, there's only one sister that was really married. So as long as you give chalitza to that sister, that would take uh, that would remove. The, if that sister was the real sister that was married, there would be nothing preventing the other brother um, because uh, from marrying the sister of the one who got chalitza. Well, we, it's a suffix. So um, either, uh, so w- what happens really over here is this. Again, there's two sisters. One of them was married to the original brother. One wasn't. So if the one that was married to the original brother got chalitza, so then another brother could just marry another sister without any problem because the... Um, it takes the first one out of the picture. It takes the first one out of the picture. Now, if the one that was given chalitza was not the real wife, so then when the other brother marries the uh, other sister, so he's actually doing evil. Does he have to do anything different? Does he, does he need an extra ceremony other than the Yibam? Or we just say the Bia is, is going to be the, the Nisuin? So uh, Dr. Yavi is asking, well, since uh, it's true that she might be the one who he's supposed to do Yibam, but she might be the one who uh, is just uh, not married, uh, was, uh, was free, so then shouldn't he have a regular... I imagine that they would probably have to have some kind of Kedushin and a Ksuva and everything written in case. Because they're both options, right? Because we don't really know who this sister is. Is this sister that was really married or was not really married? That's really the problem. 
Yeah. So, Kadmavakansu, what happens if the, uh, there, again, there's two brothers and there's two sisters. And one brother, both, uh, one brother wants to marry a sister and one brother wants to uh, give chalitza to one. So, the ideal thing would have been the chalitza should have been done first because that removes the zika from, uh, the, the, the problem is that until, um, we, until the brother gives chalitza, he doesn't remove the zika. Next case, Shnayim. Uh, so now, that, that case was easy, right? We just had the mix-up between which wife. One man was mixed up with which sister he married. What happens if you had two brothers and two sisters? And the brothers have something in common. Neither one knows which sister they got. They, they were doing a double shidduch, and uh, they, neither one was really clear as to which brother married which sister. Right. Just to clarify, uh, article is, is this first case is saying it's two men who are not brothers. Mace for lo ach. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, you're talking about this next case, this upcoming case. Oh, I said two brothers. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I jumped the gun. I, I made it more complicated than it needed to be. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, okay. So the, this new case that we're just starting, it's not two brothers marrying two sisters, two strangers marrying two sisters. Shnaim shikid shushteachios. Yeah, actually, it would complicate it even more. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Okay. So two brothers marry two sisters. Uh, this one, um, and neither two strangers marry two sisters, and neither one knows which sister they got. Each one gives two divorces. Mace, uh, if now these uh, two, two men die, and each one had a brother, each, bro- each, uh, each brother has to give chalitza to each potential wife. What if one had one brother and one had two brothers? So the one that's only one brother, he has to give chalitza to both because he can't marry two sisters. And the one that has two brothers, one gives chalitza, and the other one could go ahead and do yibam, like we had before. Same idea. Same idea. If they went ahead and didn't do it in the right order, uh, didn't wait for the chayin motzimiyadim, then we don't make them separate. What if each one had two brothers? One brother gives chalitza to one. Just to clarify, as Michael just did a minute ago, it says here in the notes that if after Ruben's brother does chalitza with the two sisters, then if the two brothers go ahead and they marry, we don't force them to divorce. But the chalitza has to come first. Now, when you say they jump the gun, we don't make them separated to bring down the notes, that they first have to do the chalitza. Once the chalitza is done and then they marry them, then that's okay. Well, Kadmu Vakansu. Brings down says that if Ruben's lone brother marries either sister, they do force him to divorce. It's it's the it's it's when there's two there's two brothers right that you don't force. Okay, 
if there's each one had two brothers, so one brother gives chalitza, and one of the other pair gives chalitza. So basically, the, if you this is consistent with what we had before. Uh, the the person had two sisters. The person might have we're not sure which of the two sisters he married, and another brother wants to marry one of the sisters. So. He, if somebody gave one chalitza, that will permit him to marry the other sister. And so that's the, uh, so once one chalitza is given, so then each one of the brothers could potentially marry a sister. If, if there's no chalitza given, so the problem is, uh, if he marries the one who he's not, uh, is, wasn't really married to his brother, so then he's marrying the sister of his zakuka. And he can't do that. Uh, so you need that chalitza to remove the zakuka. So can he be chalitz both of them and then go back and, and, and be mitzadesh one of them? No, no, because once you chalitza them, once you send them off, then they're... Oh, that's it. That's it. Uh-huh. Um, so... Um, but his, bro- his brother could marry. Could yeah. Marry either oh, yeah. Lezeshnaim, lezeshnaim. So again, if there's two brothers... Uh, no, if there's two men that got a, a married to two sisters, but neither one knows which sister, and each man had two brothers. So one of the brothers from one side will give chalitza to one woman, and the, one of the brothers, and so chalitza shows that. Now the one brother can marry the, uh, the, uh, the uh, one that was given chalitza, because the one that got chalitza may have been, might have been given chalitza from the wrong, <laughs> the, the, uh, may not have needed it. May not have needed uh, it. Uh, now, if both those, um, if they didn't do it in the right order, then they can't get both. Uh, um, uh, if the um, if the two brothers went ahead and gave chalitza, then they the the other brothers can't do If they went ahead and did it, then we don't throw them out. Okay, and again, we'll go through these cases in the Gemara. We'll, yeah, it's consistent. So, Shmamina, the Gemara has a different problem over here. How do you get married to somebody and not know who you married? Um, <laughs> what's the problem? That in order to be a marriage, you have to uh, be able to follow up on the marriage and, and actually marry the woman. But if you don't know who you married, you can't really, that shouldn't be called a marriage. So you see from here, Kedushin, Shein, Mesur, and Labia, have a Kedushin. And that's not so simple. That's a big argument that if you don't really know who you married, it's not called a proposal. You can't like <coughs> throw a bunch of women a uh, say whoever picked this up is married to me. You have to know who it is who you got married to. So how is it that you don't know which sister? So Morris said, "How my Shakiru? You know, you knew at the time, but and then they got mixed up. It doesn't say you never knew. You, you, you knew when you, got, when you gave her the ring, you knew who it was, but you forgot. <laughs> so, um, so what's it coming to teach you? Say, uh, say it's, it's for the next case. Mace, where he, uh, he died, he gives the to both. If he had two brothers, it has to be in that order. But we can't have one, even if there's two brothers, one of them can't go ahead and marry her, the kapaga as we had said in the Mishnah, because until one of the women is out of the picture, the problem here is this. Again, there's 
one, a brother married a sister, and now he died. And then there's an, another brother wants to either do yibum or marry the other sister. Now, why can't he? What's the problem if he potentially marries the other sister? He can't potentially marry the other sister as long as he has zakuka, he has zika with the sister of the one that was married to his brother, because it's considered like he's connected to. You can't do. You can't be connected to two sisters at the same time. So you always need to have that chalitza done. So he has no connection whatsoever to the one sister. Then he can go ahead and marry the other sister. So then we have the second case, which is a little more complicated, where two people married two sisters. How could this happen? <laughs> He's got two people. No one knows what's going on. So surely it, that can't be a marriage, according to uh, if, if you say that you have to know who you're marrying. You could say also both of them got mixed up. Boy, they were, they were drinking heavy stuff. They knew at the time, but then it got mixed up. And you do a look here also. It doesn't say they never knew. It just says they don't know now. What's it coming to teach us? If the fact is they, in other words, if you tell me it's coming to tell you you don't need to know who you're getting married to and it's still called being married. So that's an argument. That would be telling us how we hold. But now that you're telling me, no, when they got married, they knew who they were getting married to. They just forgot. They just got confused. So what's it telling you? Say it's for the next case. Uh, Mesu, uh, they died. One had one brother, one had two brothers. The, when there's only one brother and there's two sisters, he's got to give chalitza both. And the one that has two separate brothers, one brother gives chalitza. So the more sepshita is not obvious. We already had that. Maybe <coughs> just like when there's only one brother, we don't let him do yibum to one of the sisters. So maybe when there's two, we don't. Kamash Malan that we do let one brother, if he wants to, marry a sister. That's if Chalitza is done first. Because otherwise, if she's not given Chalitza, then whoever marries her is going to be marrying a woman who really needs Chalitza, and that would be a problem. Okay, we will stop here. Four lines from the